morning, everybody. We are still in darkness, but not for long. So I'm going to talk in the darkness. I just want to watch it don't fall off the edge of the stage. Psalm 23. You know, it's the most well-known psalm that people know off by heart. It's the most well-known portion of the Old Testament that Christians and non-Christians alike will recite. The Lord is my shepherd. I want to give a big hello to our church family on Zoom. We've been weeks without seeing you guys back at home because of the internet. I'm not going to mention any companies. It just rhymes with E-T. That's all I'm saying on the matter. But we are so... Everyone give them a clap. Glad. And next week we will be back on the World Wide Web. And we will be live and ready to go again. You know, I'm going to talk about today, Psalm 23, if you hadn't already guessed. Can we just have the house lights up a touch so I can see the whole of the congregation? And what I'm going to talk about is going to change your life. I remember when I was at school, I would be taught things in certain subjects, and they were apparently going to change my life, right? So I know we may have some, I know some of our youth are in kids' church. Kids' church, you have got a party today, so they're all helping out. But what were some of the things, maybe you, you're actually in school, or maybe you are just young at heart, and you can still remember what your teachers told you. What kind of things at school were going to change your life forever in subjects? Algebra. Algebra. <laughs> how's that going for you, Io? Algebra, how's that going for you? Is it, you use it a lot? horrendous. They lie. They lie. If you are still in school, listen to your teachers. Just going to put that disclaimer in there. They don't tell you the truth. Trigonometry, it's not needed. Well, all right, okay, I'm sure if you're in certain fields, you know, but it's not needed. Anything else? Eleanor, what do your teachers tell you at school are going to change your life? Algebra? It's all about the algebra. Lily, what did he tell you at school? Analyzing poetry poetry is going to change your life forever. And in some occupations, you need these things. But I am going to tell you this, and young people, I want you to listen up. Church is not an adult-only zone. It's for you. And, and you need to listen at school. I keep saying this because my daughter's sat up there and I'm not giving her a get-out-of-jail-free card that she needs to mess around in school. But you need to listen in school, but there is nothing going to change your life like Jesus and like knowing the Word of God for yourself. And I think you can come in sometimes, or I did as a young girl, and feel that church is an adult-only zone, and it's not. God wants to speak to you. He has you in this room for a reason, because he wants to speak to you, because he knows the plans for your life, and that's for all of us. You're never too old, and you're never too young to know what God has got to say for you over your life. And so this is going to be life-changing today. It will change your life. You know, Psalm 23 is repeated, it is chanted, it is sung by Christians and non-Christians alike, it's taken for granted. This week, Psalm 23 has been a psalm of great comfort to the family, Nazim and Aslam and the rest of the family. And we have sat with them and we have read the we have read Psalm 23. And you know, before I, I went to read it with Nazim, 
I kind of felt a little bit like, oh, this is what you pull out at times like this. And it saddened me greatly because the psalm is so taken for granted and so cliched as to what it should be that it gets underplayed and it gets undervalued because of the familiarity of Psalm 23. And as I sat there with Nazim and we read it, and you know something, that it wasn't underplayed and it wasn't undervalued because as Christians, we know the truth and the power of the psalm. But I had to question myself and thought if I wasn't in this situation and I thought about Psalm 23, would it be something that I underplayed because it is so well known and used so often? And I just really felt that this morning it was time to redeem it and it was time to reclaim it and it was time to take it back from meaningless traditions and from religion and it was time to come back and look at who our shepherd is. You know, I would say we're going to talk today about who your shepherd is and who my shepherd is. And I sent a background over and I think, I think I sent it to the wrong person. So don't worry, Sam, if you haven't got it, I've just remembered. But today I want the truth of Psalm 23 in its simplicity to carry such weight and power that it is our declaration once again as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, as to who our shepherd is, that it's going to be a celebration of God, that by reading the words together, it's going to let our roots go down deeper than they have ever gone down before because they need to be deeper, we need to be unshaken, and sometimes we have deep roots, but things come and we can be shaken by it. And today I want us to go out in the power, there you go, who's your shepherd? I was thinking then, have I spelt who's wrong? No, I've not. It's okay. It's who is. So that's all right. But I want it to be a challenge to cause us to go deeper. And I want the truth that hangs on every word of Psalm 23 to be more real to us than ever before. I want us to go out trusting our shepherd more than we've ever trusted him before. I want the word shepherd to carry power to us. Sometimes we can think shepherd and it can come across as a very gentle thing and God is very gentle and God is very loving and he really, really is, but he is all powerful. The shepherd is all powerful and he is my shepherd and he is your shepherd. You know, King David wrote this psalm, King David, but before he was ever king, he was a shepherd. And as we read this psalm, it's so beautifully written. And it comes from David remembering what he was to his sheep and acknowledging this is what the Lord is to me. And that is why he's been able to write it, that God is his shepherd, because he knew what it meant to be a shepherd. He knew what it meant to be everything those sheep needed to. And he realized, God, this is what you are to me. You are my shepherd. And it's, a, it's an account of his relationship with God. It's an account of what God was to him. And God is no respecter of persons. And if God was this to David, the promise is he is this to you. He is your shepherd. He is your shepherd in love. He is your shepherd in power. He is your shepherd in meekness. He is your shepherd in strength. He is your shepherd. And we're going to remind ourselves today, who's our shepherd? Who our shepherd really is. We're going to remind ourselves everything about our shepherd. 
You know, throughout the psalm, this psalm, even though it's not actually mentioned, as you read through it and you read through it verse by verse, you can see the different names of God present in the psalm. You know, for people who don't know this, you know, there are, we know God is creator God, almighty God, powerful God, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, but there are names of God. You may have heard of the name Jehovah. Jehovah means Lord, holiness. Listen to this, listen to this, I love this. Truth revealer. Jehovah, Lord, truth revealer. Ah, you could just leave it there, couldn't you? Truth revealer. Righteousness. Redemption. Verse 1. The Lord, the truth revealer, is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. When it says is, it means now. Here and now. God was your shepherd, and he is your shepherd. He has been your shepherd from then, but boy, do you need to know he is your shepherd now. And he's going to be your shepherd in the future. He is your shepherd. This is an acknowledgement of David. The Lord is my shepherd. Right at the outset of this psalm, The Lord is my shepherd. One of the names of God is Jehovah Rohi. And it means the Lord is our shepherd. Right at the beginning of the psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. You know, when I've read this psalm this week with Nazim, we just paused on that line for a little bit and there was just silence. As she let the truth wash over her, that the Lord has been and still is my shepherd. Then it goes on to say, I shall not want. He will never leave you in lack. He knows your needs. Sometimes I think we can become anxious that he doesn't know our needs, but he knows our needs. And he will provide our needs. You know, I was listening to something the other day and I was like, wow, that's really, really powerful. And he said, you know, when you take things back from God and you're like, okay, because he doesn't really, like, I need this and it's not happening. So we'll take it back and we'll hurry up. It's pride. Because what we're saying is, God, you are not sufficient enough for this situation. So therefore, I'm going to take it back. And as mature Christians and young Christians, and none of us like to know that we've got pride. (laughs) But actually, it's pride. Because we need to rest with the shepherd. And know that he is now our shepherd. For the one thing that we think needs to hurry up, we need to decrease and rest in him so that he would increase, so that we would see his glory, that we would see his majesty, that we would see his miracles. He's your provider. Here's another name of God, Jehovah Jireh. The Lord is my provider. The Lord is my provider. I shall not want. 
Some of you just need to receive that peace today because you're anxious about things. And I want to speak that to you today. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord is your provider. There have been so many times that we have been so desperate for things. And God has never, ever failed me yet. Not once. I can't even stand here and give you a clause just in case he fails you. He will never fail you. He is your provider. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. I, I think this is probably more alive to me than ever because of this last week. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. My shepherd restores my soul. My shepherd wants me whole. My shepherd makes me whole. My shepherd wants me rested. My shepherd wants me well. My shepherd, he wants me at peace. So my challenge today to all of us is that if we're not at peace... Then have we taken something from the shepherd? Have we taken some responsibility away from the shepherd? Because the shepherd, he wants us at peace and he wants us restored and he wants us whole. It says, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. Green pastures is not symbolic of a stressful place. He leads me besides the still waters. He restores my soul. They are peaceful things. Your shepherd brings you peace. Your shepherd leads you to peace. He is your shepherd. And some are here today and you are drained. You are exhausted by some stuff you've been through recently. And God wants you to know, I am your shepherd. And I will lead you, if you let me, beside still waters. I will restore your soul. Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah heals. The Lord heals. He will heal the bitter waters of your life. He will heal the bitter waters of your life. Jehovah Rapha. Then it talks again about him leading. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He knows where everything is, where everyone is, exactly where I need to be, exactly where you need to be. He knows it all. He knows the paths to lead us on. He isn't going to get it wrong. The truth is that sometimes we, we need to turn our location on. Not so that he can find us, but that we can be truly honest with where we are. <laughs> because he's our shepherd. And he says, I want to lead you beside the still waters. I want to restore you. I want to heal you. But you won't be honest with where you're at. And you're going around and you're just pretending everything's okay. And God's saying, I need you to turn your location on. 
because you need to be honest with where you're at because there is no um, judgment. It is not failure to be struggling. It is not failure to say that things from your past are hurting you. It is not failure, but you need to be honest because God can work with you when you're honest because when you're honest, you'll throw yourself on him. Because he wants to lead you down the right paths. You know, when God walked in the Garden of Eden after Adam and Eve had sinned, they were ashamed. They were shameful and they hid. And it says God walked and he asked them, where are you? Adam, where are you? Where are you? I don't think it was a case of. I can't see you. Where are you? It was rather a case of Adam. Where are you? Where are you at? So that a conversation could be had. And God is saying today, you need to turn your location on. I ordered something yesterday. And it asked, did I want to turn my location on so they knew where to deliver it to me? I was like, absolutely, it was pizza. <laughs> I did not think twice, it was Domino's. I'm like, I don't think twice about turning my location on so they know where I'm at. But this is about us being honest with where you're, we're at so that the shepherd, he can lead us beside the still waters and on paths of righteousness. He knows how to do it. You know, sheep wander, and they take the wrong path. You know, when I looked up sheep, I've done a little bit of research on sheep. (laughs) So if anybody wants to know anything about sheep and shepherd's job descriptions, I am your woman, all right? But it says sheep, and I wrote the words down because I was thought, this is really quite, like, if I was a sheep, I'd be pretty offended by this. I'll just tell you about sheep. Sheep are dumb, a shepherd wrote this, sheep are dumb, directionless, and defenseless. I was like, it actually does sound like me on quite a lot of occasions. (laughs) Hence the reason why I need a shepherd. Sheep get lost. They wander off. They take the wrong route. That's why they need a shepherd. That's why David was able to write about the Lord being his shepherd. Because he knew what was needed for his sheep. And he knew, I identify with the sheep. I mess up. I make mistakes, I take the wrong turn, and what I need is, I need need rescuing, I need bringing back in. Like I did for my sheep, I see that's what God does for me. Therefore, he is my shepherd. He is my shepherd. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. This is one of those verses, isn't it, that gets brought out at a funeral. And it just seems so, such a desperate verse. But it says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Yet, not that's where you're going to remain. Not that's where, not that's... Not that that's where you're going to live. Not that's where you're going to set up camp. Not that's where you're trapped. It says, though I walk through the valley. David's saying, God, 
When I walk through the valley, you're with me. When my sheep were in the valley, I was there. you were there. I was there with them and I was leading them through. The valley is the low place and it's the hard place and we would all like to be singing on the hills and singing on the mountains. And what was the name of that film with the Von Trapp family? The sound of music and they all run around and they sing and it's all beautiful and it's all nice. But can I just say this? If you're on a mountain top, if you want to get to the next mountain top, you've got to come through the, valley, the, the mountain. You've got to walk through the valley and you've got to climb the mountain again. And you might think that's pretty hard and there's a picture in a minute coming up of the mountains. But if you see the mountain peaks, well, you can't jump from one to the next. There is a coming down and there is a going through and there's a, there is a climbing again. But I want to tell you today, if you're in the valley, it's because you're on your way to a mountain top. You're on your way to a mountain top and you've just got to keep walking. You've just got to keep going because there is a mountain and it might feel like it's tough. But it says, but you are with me. You are with me. I heard this story about this father it took his son to the zoo and they were looking at the uh, the lions and suddenly the lion roared the loudest roar ever and the little boy ran and the dad was shouting come back come back and the little boy's going no and he wouldn't go back and the dad was saying come back come back and the little boy said did you not just see the lion and the dad got him to come back and he knelt down and he said I saw the cage it's what we focus on in the valley that leads us up the mountain. You see, that father knew the lion was of no danger to them because there was a safety protection in place. And when we're in the valley, our safety and our protection is our shepherd. But if you look at the lion, that's all you're going to see. But you need to see the safety and the protection around you and who is leading you and who your presence is. And it's your shepherd. And your shepherd never gets it wrong. He doesn't misjudge situations. He is all over it. He knows it. He is your shepherd. Don't focus on the lion. You need to focus on the protection. Don't focus on the deep water that you think is going to drown you and take over you. You need to focus on your life jacket. Don't focus on all of those things that you feel are going to take you out. You need to focus on the one that's bringing you through the valley. Because as you come through the valley, you're heading for the mountain. You're heading for the mountain. And I want to tell you this. You can sing in the valley as much as you sing on the mountain. You can sing it because the God of the mountain is God of the valley. If you walk with him and you let him walk you through, the God of the mountain is God of the valley. He's God. He's your shepherd. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if yesterday I was on the mountain and he was God, that means today if I'm in a valley, he's God. And it means tomorrow if I am on my way up, up a steep incline, he's God. Because he never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yes, there might be a coming down the mountain and there might be a valley, but I want to tell you this. If you feel you are on a decline, I want you to look and I want you to see your shepherd next to you. Because the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not want. He's never going to let me down. Keep walking. Don't give up. Remind yourself daily. The valley means I'm on my way to the mountain. And you're just passing through. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. 
Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know, for a shepherd, the staff is used to bring the sheep back. You know, the staff with the hook, it's to bring the sheep back to where they need to be with the shepherd. The rod is to club anything that tries to touch the sheep. Bit graphic. Really sorry for anybody who might be offended by that. But basically, the rod was to be anything that might touch that sheep. Because the shepherd's like, no, no way. They are mine. (laughs) No way. Back off. Don't come any closer. I've got my rod. That's why David could say, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Because when he was walking through the valley, when there were predators around me, he was like, it's okay, they comfort me. Because I'm looking at my shepherd, and he's got the staff, so if I wonder, he's going to bring me in. And if anything tries to touch me, he's going to deal with it. So that comforts me. Because he's my shepherd. You prepare a table before me, In the presence of my enemies. You know when a sheep wanders off and the shepherd goes to find the sheep. He takes in a little bag. Not quite sure what the bag looks like. Picture it as a bum bag. Sorry, everybody. In this bag is a cloth. In this bag is some grass, some fodder. (laughs) Don't know what fodder is really, but it's kind of a grassy kind of thing. And he will take some a little bottle of water and a a dish, and he will take some oil. And when he gets to the sheep, before he brings the sheep back to the fold, right there, in the midst of danger and predators, he gets down and he opens his bag, and he lays out the cloth, and he's he's got the sheep next to him, and he lays out the cloth, and he puts his fodder out. That's a hilarious word, fodder. Fodder. And... He gets the oil out because, you see, if the sheep has got wounded, he needs to administer healing to him. So if there is a cut on the sheep's head, for example, or he's been caught in brambles by his foot, what will happen is the shepherd will anoint the sheep with oil to bring healing. And so we'll get the sheep and he'll he'll put it on the mat and the sheep will begin to eat. And the shepherd is there watching over as he has prepared this feast for the sheep that has come home. And there is water there to refresh the sheep. And all the time, he's not back safe in the fold yet because the shepherd knew, I need to look after this sheep before I even take back. And all the time, the lions are watching, the wild beasts are watching, because they were just hanging up the sheep for lunch. And so actually what's happened is they've gone hungry But the sheep is having a feast in the midst of its enemies. And I want to tell you today, you may feel like there's enemies all around you. You may feel like there's people trying to destroy you. You may feel like there are financial things going on in your life. You may, I don't know what is going on, but I want to tell you this. If you follow the shepherd, he will open his bag and he will lay out a feast right in front of your enemies and your enemies will go hungry because they plan to feast on you. But the Lord is your shepherd and he will not let them feast on you. We stick to the path of righteousness. We stick, I'm all dusty. We stick to it because he prepares a feast in the middle 
of our enemies. I want to say to you today, look for the table. Look for the table that is prepared for you. Sometimes we miss the table because we're too busy at the wrong table, eating from the table the enemy's prepared for us. And he's like that, ho, ho, ho. I'm just going to serve you a bit of fear. Now I'm going to serve you inadequacy. Now I'm going to serve you lack of self-worth. Whatever table you're sat at today, I want you to look for the table the Lord has prepared for you, and you need to move tables. I, had to, I was sat somewhere the other day, and I was at a table, and somebody had seated me at this table, because you have to be seated everywhere now, so seated me at this table, and I'm looking, and I'm like, well, I don't want to be on that table, I don't want to be on this table. I got up and I moved. And the reason why I got up and moved is because my iPad needed plugging in, and that table had a plug. So I got up and I moved and I plugged myself into the power source and I sat at that table. And we missed the table that the Lord has prepared for us because we are feasting at the wrong table. But we need to get up and we need to move and say, no, I'm not going to sit at the table of fear any longer because the Lord is my shepherd. I'm not going to let these people devour me any longer because the Lord is my shepherd. So I'm going to get up and I'm going to move tables. I'm going to plug myself into the power supply and I am going to follow the shepherd because he is my shepherd. Get up. And move tables. Because what you are missing is the beautiful feast that he has prepared for you. What you are missing is the oil that he has ready to heal your wounds. The oil that he's got to anoint your head. You've got to get up and move tables. It's a choice and it's a decision. And I would say to some of you today, I implore you, move tables. Get up and move tables because you are missing what he wants to do for you. You are sitting with deep wounded hurts. And the answer is to move tables because at that table, he's got the oil to anoint your wounds. He's got the healing oil to anoint you, to make it right. He's going to prepare a feast. He already has in the midst of your enemies. Choose your table well. Because at this table where your shepherd sits is an abundance of everything you need and more. Because he knows where everything is, where you need to be, and whatever your needs are, are at the table. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over it runs over it doesn't stay at the filled line you know when you fill a kettle up and it was like don't go any further God's like no way are you kidding me because I am the God of abundance so I'm not stopping at the fill line I am going to abundance 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 and when you sit at the table with the shepherd when you let him bring you in because he's like you are mine you've wandered You've become damaged. You are fearful. This morning, right now, what God is doing, he is bringing you in. And he's saying, you don't need to fear because I've got my rod if I need it. But I'm bringing you in. Because 
at my table is an abundance. There is no limit. There is no fill line. There is no, like, I'm going to get in trouble if this water spills everywhere because it is living water. It is living water and it comes from me and you need to drink from me because it is living water and it's bubbling up and it's overflowing and it's overflowing and it's overflowing for you because he is your shepherd. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. You never need to leave the table. Because when you are with the shepherd, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. You know, the Hebrew word for follow means to pursue Surely goodness and mercy will pursue me. It will chase after me. It will be all around me. It will know where my direction is. It will know where my location is. It will pursue me all the days of my life. That means to your very last breath. Now remember, sometimes in that valley, you may not feel like goodness and mercy is following you. That's okay, because just look to the shepherd. He is goodness and mercy. He is the one. He's the miracle. So even though, like practically and physically, you may not be seeing an abundance, he is abundant. So what you've got to do, if you're in a situation, you're like, well, that is great, Vicky, but I'm telling you right now, goodness and mercy is not following me this day of my life. It is because the shepherd is with you. He's with you. He is for you. He is for you. All around you. And beside you. I could do it if I was going to sing. When you're saying it, you're like, what comes next? And you realize you're halfway through the verse of a song and you're like, I don't know what's coming next. He's for you all the days of your life to your very last breath. And because our shepherd is so abundant and so loving, it doesn't even stop there. Because what a promise. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Forever knows no end. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There will never be a time when we are not with him. Be it in the valley, be it on the mountain, be it when you're having to be dragged in by the staff because you've wandered away. There will never be a time when you don't, do not need to be with the shepherd. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So the name of this message was, Who's Your Shepherd? We were going to look at who our shepherd truly is. He's a strong God. He is powerful. He is our protector. He is our provider. He is everything that we need. He is our healer. But I just want to flip this question on its head, and I want to ask this. Who's your shepherd Who's your shepherd? Who's my shepherd? You see, in John chapter 10, verse 27, Jesus says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, 
and they follow me. Today, I'm not asking you who is your saviour. That's the most important thing. It is. And we talk about Jesus being our saviour. And if you've never accepted Jesus Christ into your life and given your heart to Jesus and acknowledged who he is and that he died on the cross for forgiveness for your sins, I want you to come and see me at the end because this is, that is the point where you enter into an abundant life. But the question I am asking you today to those people who are Christians in this room, who is your shepherd? Whose voice are you listening to? Whose voice are you following? Because it says, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. So the Lord is your shepherd. He is your shepherd. But then the choice is, do you follow the shepherd? And there are so many different voices crying out to us in our lives. Which one are you listening to? Because there is only one voice that we need to listen to and we need to follow. And that's the voice of the shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Do you know what I want us to do? I want us to read this together as we finish. And as we read this, I want you to think about this. I'm going to give you some homework. This is life-giving homework. Life-changing homework. Not like algebra. I want you to take these few words home. The Lord is. And I want you to write what the Lord is to you. See, that's what David did here. We see the Bible. The Bible is such an incredible book. It's not even incredible. That's just like a really rubbish word to use to explain the Bible. The fact is there are no words to describe the Bible. It's the living word of God. How can I articulate what it truly is? But in its, in its majesty, because it talks about the creator and the king of kings. In its majesty, we can sometimes miss the normality in it. The normality of everyday people like me and you. You just began to write. <laughs> Who followed the shepherd and therefore had a story to tell. That generations and generations and generations to come would see us sat in a room together. Looking at who our shepherd is today. And what I want you to do, I want you to go home. And I just want you to write, the Lord is. And then like David wrote what the Lord is to him. I'm going to do it too, by the way. Let us write what the Lord is to us. Because we need to be reminded of who he is. We need to remind ourselves of the promises that we've already seen fulfilled and the miracles that have already happened. We need to remind ourselves that he's been our song in the night. We need to remind ourselves that he's the one that has healed the wounds. David could write this because he knew who his God was, as do we. Shall we stand and I want us to read this, not traditionally. 
I want to read, us to read this with gusto. <laughs> I want us to read this as a declaration. I want us to read this as truth. Because today I believe we've got to reclaim the words that have ended up just rolling off people's tongues. Because it's something that's used in tradition. I want us to own it. And I want us to be honest before God with where we're at. Be ready. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup, it runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And then I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The Lord is my shepherd. Oh 